Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. This episode of Kitchen Club is kindly sponsored by Sweaty Betty, who make the best yoga clothes ever. Yoga has had a really positive impact on my relationship with my body, but wearing the right clothes is also key for a mindful practice. Let's face it, we've all been there in down dog. You know you should be focusing on your breath, but actually you're wondering if your pants are on show or you're fighting to keep your top from falling over your eyes. So true. The girls at Sweaty Betty have answered our prayers. Their all-female design team of yogis have created amazing quality clothes that look great, feel awesome, and allow you to move really freely. So if you're in need of a little push to get on the yoga mat, or just an excuse to invest in some quality clothes to move in, Sweaty Betty are very kindly giving Kitchen Club listeners a generous 20% off so you can practice in comfort and style. Simply enter the code KITCHENCLUB at the checkout online. And if you need a bit of inspo, Serena and I have both been living in the Garudasana pants, which are hands down the most comfortable thing I've ever worn. I literally can't take them off. Me neither. They need a wash. Don't forget to tag us in your sweaty Betty pics on Insta at Kitchen Club Podcast. We bet you will all look wonderful. Thanks, sweaty Betty. Thank you. Hello and welcome to Kitchen Club with your hosts, Sarah Malcolm and Serena Lau. Kitchen Club is the podcast that brings you honest, topical conversations from our kitchen table with no boundaries. Each week brings a new guest, a new area of expertise for us to dive into, and a new recipe based on our guests' three favourite ingredients. Ahead of recording each podcast, we always ask our guests to challenge us to their healthy habit. This is something that they use every day to enhance their well-being, keep them feeling balanced, and we like to trial and test it so that we can then let them know how we got on. In this episode, we speak to the wonderful Kate Lister. If you don't know Kate, you're missing out. (laughs) So hopefully you can learn a bit more about her. Kate is a holistic voice coach, singer-songwriter, and an absolutely incredible yoga teacher. She hosts yoga retreats worldwide and truly has the voice of an angel. Kate's voice work helps people to find new levels of self-expression, self-understanding and unbounded depths of creativity. We recorded at Sarah's house for this one with Kate. Conveniently, Kate was teaching yoga just around the corner. So she arrived on her bike, guitar slung over her shoulder and we got stuck in straight away. Kate's three favorite ingredients that she gave to us to cook with, well, she didn't give them to us, she told them, told us about them, were squash slash sweet potato, leafy greens, and dark 
dark chocolate. She also explicitly asked for no garlic or no onions. So what we made for Kate was a bit of a challenge without those things actually, but I think we made it work. Well, Serena made it work, she cooked on this one. So if you want to find out what we made her, keep listening and also get the recipe on our Instagram at Kitchen Club Podcast. Here is the angelic Kate Lister on Kitchen Club. Hi Kate, welcome to Kitchen Club. Hi. Thank you so much for coming. It's really, really nice to be here. Thank you for feeding me so well. Not at all. We just fed you very well. You did feed me so well. <laughs> I'm very full. We just had a lovely dinner, the three of us. Kate, oh. talk us through your ingredients. Root vegetables. Some lovely butternut squash in there, wasn't there? You did said you butternut squash. Yeah, that was my particular. Yeah, you yeah. said squash yeah. or sweet potato. Yeah. Squashes. I don't know what root vegetables, I just need them. They ground me. Mm. Yeah, I love them. I love that sweetness of them as well. The earthiness. Uh, greens, any greens, just yes. I, I think if a day goes by where I haven't had at least like three portions of green something, I feel really weird. It's like, that's weird, isn't it? But now no, I feel it's like nice. I feel the same. Yeah. I whenever I haven't been eating well, all I crave is broccoli. Broccoli, yeah, um, and chocolate. I've, I've always, always dark, dark chocolate. That's exactly what he said. Dark, comma dark chocolate. Yeah, dark, dark, comma dark. dark, yeah. dark. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it was delicious. So tell us what you made, Serena. So I made the main course and you made pudding. So for the main course, we had a butternut squash risotto, but with no dairy. No dairy. Oh, and no dairy. garlic. Oh, I know. How did you do it? It was so delicious. What was your secret, yeah. Serena? I don't know. You put a leek in. Oh, I put a leek in. I put oh, a leek in yes. instead of garlic, Smart. which is not quite the same, but it's a good start. Yeah. So it was like butternut squash, thyme, some pine nuts, some spinach, um the leek some miso paste and then some crispy kale on top i also i do want the world to know that it's not that i don't like garlic i love garlic i just can't digest it people judge me when they find out i don't eat garlic (laughs) and rightly so what did you make for pud i made um what did i make (laughs) avocado mousse chocolate avocado mousse which is something i haven't made in ages Mm. i used to make it all the time in my real healthy days but serena and i were a bit last minute on the on the chalk weren't we yeah. and we thought oh no what are we gonna make we don't want to bake anything because it's too hot mm. so well i made avocado mousse i don't love to use too much avocado because it's not that sustainable but anyway it was they are delicious they taste and so it was really good creamy. and i put some um a secret ingredient in there which i'm currently obsessing over i don't know if it's still out it was a limited edition pip and nut cherry bakewell almond butter so clever that is delicious, it isn't it? It is mm. delicious. Had you had it before? Mm. I never miss an opportunity to try the latest nut butter, my friend. <laughs> Today was my first time and I'm obsessed. Yes, and then we had that with some raspberries and some homemade granola that I made yesterday morning. I was homemade. God, you're such yeah. a goddess. That's a rare thing. Yeah. I, I got know. up really early. My boyfriend was still asleep and I thought, I've got so many oats in the cupboard, I'm just going to whack them in the oven. <laughs> so that's what I did. Delish. You know, it's yeah. funny, that's not the first thing that comes to my mind when I wake up. I'm so nervous to come in. I'm just going to whack him in the oven. <laughs> I'm never normally this great. <laughs> so, Miss Kate Lester, you are a yoga teacher um, and an absolutely 
brilliant yoga teacher at that. Oh, thanks, so you've been, you've honestly been to Kate's class. Right? I actually never have. Oh my god! No, you're not. No. <laughs> when we've been on retreats. Yeah. <laughs> I cook on Kate's retreats. I've never been to her class. <gasps> that is brilliant. Actually, no, that's a lie. I came. I did a yin class in Bali with you. Oh, this is so memorable. <laughs> No, I'm just used to being in the kitchen. I did do a young class with you and it was lovely. <laughs> I swear. If you're a Londoner or if you're globally, you need to get to Kate's class because... Yes. Come on, come you're on. You're one of my favourite teachers in London. I remember my first class of yours I went to with um, my friend Pete, who'd never done yoga before, and we like booked in randomly on your Thursday class. At Mutra? Yeah, oh. and it was divine and we both left like, oh my gosh. We're obsessed with her. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. Oh, you're lovely. I remember that class. You, do you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this place. Yeah. Because I already followed you on Instagram and I was like, oh, she's cute. Aww. Yeah. There we go. That's so. sweet. But what I'm getting at is you sing during Shavasana. I do. Which is the most beautiful thing in the world. I'm glad you think so. Otherwise, oh. it'd be really awkward, wouldn't it? <laughs> It's just lovely. And what I'm getting at is you're also a singer. I am. And I want to know, we want to learn how singing and music sort of came into your life and how you bring it into yoga and your practice. So music has always been a big part of my life. I think I grew up with it um, just very much in the family. That's not to say that my parents are like musicians in their work but they're very much passionate about music and it was very much in the family everyone was always like singing and playing instruments um and I started singing um I started like training in voice and singing when I was about 11 and I trained classically for years and I loved it loved it loved it then got really into jazz and soul and I'd written I always wrote songs I wrote songs from when I was like 10 or 11 and I think actually that has been I don't know what I would have done without that. Like, I think it it's really kept me... It's just another form of journaling, in a way. Um, just, just in rhyme. <laughs> um, yeah, it's kept me sane, and it's always given me that outlet to express my feelings, and um, I think for me there's so much I can express through song that I can't express weirdly, even though it's like I'm singing words often, there's so much I can express through a song that I can't quite express in like just you know speech and in talking and so yeah and and then through through school I did a lot of different stuff through university I met my band didn't study music I studied English literature but that was just kind of you know what I was officially doing whilst I did lots of music stuff and then after university I I did quite a bit of singing work like random bits of pieces and all sorts of stuff and then yoga and I don't know but it's it's definitely another for want of a better word spiritual practice like it's a practice that connects me so much to myself and how I feel day to day and it gives me yeah a space to express myself it also on a physiological level just like boosts my mood so much and there have been times in my life where I haven't been singing for one reason or another and that is where my mood's dipped and I just know it's so important to me and just think everyone should sing more really did that help you as a teenager as well kind of express yourself writing singing yeah definitely massively and I think it always kind of put me in amongst people who I resonated with on like a really simple level like I think when a lot of like a lot of teenagers were sort of getting wasted taking drugs like I was just focused on music and 
I never felt like I missed out because I was just doing what I loved really did and had a great social life with it as well and yeah I loved it I really really loved it I was always in bands and like musicals and stuff like this and theatre stuff and I went to a music college as well whilst I was at school so at the weekends I was at music college and yeah it just meant I had like people around me who I vibed with and collaborating with people on music as well that is always that's just something I love endlessly like the vibe of being with other people working on music or writing music or just jamming through music there's nothing like it because you just connect on another level like you know there are no words needed you're just like feeling off each other and that's just brilliant it's been amazing I've had the opportunity to work with loads of brilliant brilliant musicians and that my bandmates are really incredible musicians so I'm not sure quite how to say this without it sounding like I'm hitting on you (laughs) please just say it (laughs) but you know those people who have some kind of x factor like they have a real glow they're always smiley you seriously radiate positivity in a way that i think is quite rare these days when you picture like all the glum people on the tube um you have the most amazing energy and actually one of the only other people that i can say that about is sarah and you two no you two really have a little je ne sais quoi (laughs) I can't quite put my finger on it. it. I won't try. It takes one to know one. Well, thank you. Absolutely. <laughs> when I've seen you, I then think about it. And I've wondered if that that positivity and that energy has always come easily to you or if there have been times when that's been something that you've really had to work for. Um, oh, yeah, good question. Um, yeah, I've had to work for it, I think, at times, for sure. I think, like... I want to say like any human being, there are times when it just doesn't come easily. I remember being about 12 and being in like registration first thing in the morning at school. And I'd had an argument with my mum that morning about being late. And I remember getting to school and feeling like, you know, just being in a mood and just being like, like fuck everyone. And just like, um, they're just like, can I say that? Yeah. <laughs> I can go, fuck everyone. Yeah. <laughs> um, and just, and then realising and then being like, oh shit like I could make this day a lot easier for myself if I just let this go and I'm happy and then from that moment on I was like oh I'm just gonna be positive (laughs) and then I stopped being like a dick and I think I've always been a pretty like happy person like a pretty yeah pretty easygoing in in a way but I actually I've had really like um phases of quite deep anxiety and depression just phases that really sent me low and like put me out for a month or a few months or like six months where I just couldn't get myself together and um got myself into habits that were not helpful and yeah and um and needed help like whether that was therapy or uh, yeah I definitely have like things that I do strategically and I think it's why I've ended up in the work that I've ended up in like because these are the things that I have to do every day to make myself feel good so a I want to be able to pass this on to people and b you know you keep doing something so much you're probably just going to end up doing more of it and then you kind of end up teaching it in some way or you end up like passing it on to other people um so yeah like yoga singing meditation staying active um eating well like these are all things particularly having other people cook for me so I'm eating well thanks guys <laughs> <laughs> yeah these are all the things that keep me lifted and like I think um, sometimes I wonder if I'm a little bit too good at it and I just, you know, like, you know, maybe I don't let myself feel 
down enough because I'm very good at just being like catching it and being like, okay, I'm going to do something that's going to make me feel great now. But I don't know. Like I, I feel pretty good all the time. So all the time, but you know what I mean? So, yeah. Um, so in that, these days it, 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 you know, it always feels natural, but I do think there's a, a level of maintenance there that perhaps I don't think about anymore because it's become my life. Mm-hmm. It just is what I, I do and it is who I am. Yeah. And if I dropped it, it would change. That's amazing for positivity to have been a conscious choice mm. from an age as young as 12. I think I've always been very, very self-analytical. And I think music helped me with that, like songwriting, and poetry writing and journaling from a young age. And like, I actually think my, my, my brother and I, so our parents always took us on like long drives. Um, we'd drive through Europe as kids, like summer holidays, we'd like drive down to Italy or something. And I think I remember just like sitting in the back of the car, listening to music, all sorts of music on, on my own or with the family and just thinking, thinking about life and thinking about everything and analysing lyrics and just thinking, thinking, thinking. And I read an awful lot as well. I used to just like go through books so quickly. And I think that all just gave me an awareness of myself, an awareness and just like it just sort of became really self-analytical, which now sometimes I wish I wasn't so much. You know, you're just like overthinking all the time. <laughs> but yeah, I think it did give me a sort of self, certain sense of what's important to me as well so someone asked me the other day if I were if I felt like I was any different to my 13 year old self and mm. I actually don't think I am no not <laughs> I at think base. I'm exactly the same as you I was so kind of self-aware yeah from a very early age and I'm still doing exactly what I do I yes mean, not, not in my career or anything obviously <laughs> I wish I was still doing exactly what I was doing age 13. Wasn't that nice? (laughs) I agree with you. Yeah. And where did yoga fit into all of this? Where did, when did yoga start to come into your life and did it come in at a point of, at a low point, at a point of high anxiety or did you just sort of find it quite naturally, organically? Um, So initially I started doing a bit of yoga when I was about 14 and I found a book I think this is what it comes back to I found a book that was my grandma's and it was like really brilliant you can imagine like the illustrated like I love this women's yoga and they were all in these like brilliant I wish we did yoga in these now like proper sort of like spandex oh real spandex like right up the front of the vagina get in there yeah yeah brilliant um I really we should bring that back guys yeah (laughs) maybe you should no, we. <laughs> I think I Collective. said we, but it didn't come out as we. Maybe you should. <laughs> Maybe you should, okay. Cool. Um, uh, yeah, and I just started playing around at home. And um, and then I, I think it was probably like the era of, do you remember like Jerry Halliwell? Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, she got really into Ashtanga or yoga generally. And I remember being like, oh, well, you know, this is something in this. I was already kind of got a taste of it. And I started doing it at the local gym. And then and then actually it became just part of like, I think like lots of people, it became kind of part of a workout regime. Like part, although I just, I knew it was different. I was doing these classes called body balance at the gym, which was like a mixture of like Tai Chi and yoga. Yeah, 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 you're nodding, you're nodding too. Yeah, it's brilliant. This is age 14. This was maybe I was about 16, 17 now and developing an eating disorder. And you know, you're just like, right, any exercise, like anything. Um, and I was hammering it at the gym and like my eating habits were all over the place and I remember going to these body balance classes and the yoga classes and being like 
this just feels good. I don't quite know why. This just feels good. And, um, and then when I was 19, I took myself on a yoga retreat. I was on like a gap year from university uh, before I was going. I didn't really know what I was doing. I didn't know whether I was going to go and study music or whether I was going to go and study something else. And it was right before I went to university. I went to a yoga retreat place up in the hills of Portugal. And this wonderful couple, Peter and Sue, I just bought it like a year before and they started doing it up and it was like right in the middle of nowhere. And I had, didn't even realise it was like an ashtanga, it was a certain type of yoga retreat. I'd never done ashtanga before and it, they were, it was very like dynamic and and they, they were very focused on ashtanga then. And I remember getting there and then being like, so have you done ashtanga before? And I was like, nope. And then I just loved it like straight away. And then I stayed for almost two weeks. I'd only booked on for one. I stayed for as long as I could. And then I went to university. And as soon as I got to university, I like looked up yoga society and it was Ashtanga and I was just like, right. And then from then it was just a complete, like, I probably still before then done yoga, maybe like once a week. And then from then it was just like, it was such a steady part of what I needed. And being away on that retreat as well was like one of the first times I think I'd really had time just to be on my own and be like, what do I want and like and it gave me a chance to look at all of these the, the body issues and the eating habits I've been keeping and maintaining and and why and this kind of thing and all of these pressures I've been feeling and and just letting it all go and being like that's such bullshit and it's the place actually so I've been going there for 10 years and I just got back from there like last week 10, 10, 10 days ago and I'm now running retreats there myself and they're like their family you know and, and they really they're my teachers and they're like brilliant really saved me I think like because it made yoga much more than a physical practice for me suddenly I understood it they taught me the spiritual side of it they taught me the the philosophical side of it and um and they also just gave me space to just be whatever you know and they're still doing that like just creating space for people just to be whatever they want to be and just hang out and have deep good conversations have a laugh and explore yoga for whatever it is and now they're doing all sorts of amazing stuff there it's not just ashtanga and oh they're magic yeah so and that's all we can really ask of yoga teachers or teachers in general to create space to just let ourselves be yeah totally which is so important yeah I think especially in a world that like doesn't allow that it's always telling us to be something in particular to be something else to be more constantly be more right and we're all indoctrinated whether we whether we're aware of it and we think we can dodge it, we're still in that world and we're still like living in this world and it's hard to completely get out of that. I don't think it's actually possible. That's why, you know, that's why I love running retreats as well myself, that like you just see people, when I say fall apart, like fall apart in the best ways, fall apart like in joy as well as like fall apart, maybe in tears, like whatever they need to, just like, just the pieces that we kind of hold together as like, this is me and this is what I do in day-to-day life, just letting all of those kind of fall to the floor. And just be like, I could also be this. And maybe I'll restack those pieces in a different, like, a different order. I think as, um, especially as Londoners, we define ourselves by our careers or by mm. who we are, by the people we are, whether we're brothers, sisters, daughters, mm. lawyers. And as soon as you, I feel the yoga practice just, you're so right, unravels mm. more and you sort of strip yourself of those layers, those labels, and you can truly tap into who you are, which is not numbers or t- job titles, Instagram likes. It's like mm-hmm. human beings there, which is beautiful. Totally. 
totally and there's that that thing that happens and with practicing with people in yoga and the same thing for me with music like when you join on a frequency with other people without words you know and that happens when we're like moving and breathing at the same rhythm the same pace and that's why as much as I always love like self-practicing and kind of just moving in a way that like intuitively through a practice practicing in class with other people and doing the same thing as other people or being on the same like breath count as other people will always be that magic because there's a communication that happens in that that's like a kind of a like this unspoken like I get you kind of thing and like we can be in this together and be whatever comes of this that's really really special we need that no we really need that because even though we have all of these methods of communication you know as we do all the technology that's like helping us communicate in we know this it's taking us further and further away from each other and that's become a cliche now and that's terrifying that it's just become a cliche and what are we doing about it and i think don't think it's any coincidence that yoga is more and more popular Mm. because we need it that we do you talked about the philosophical and the spiritual as spiritual spiritual aspects of practice that you kind of started to pick up 10 years ago in Portugal I'm wondering what are the most important kind of off the mat aspects of yoga that you share and encourage with your students oh well I mean okay there are so many um you know uh, until about until about three days ago I probably would have just been like compassion I mean I still hold to this I do despite what's going on in my love life compassion compassion for other human beings and just accepting that we never know what other people are going through and this sense of our reality is never going to be the same of anybody else, as anybody else's. And you know, from that, um, an appreciation of that and ahimsa, we sort of like non-harming in yoga, and I think all of that comes from, you have to have this understanding that we have such an impact on other people's lives, but we can never really know what that impact is. And others will impact our lives. And all we can do really is, is wish wish everyone the best it's so not easy right it's I don't really don't think that's easy because sometimes you just want to be like fuck you like <laughs> like if I'm am I the only one here guys can play practicing compassion sometimes it can feel like that like and not even just on a personal level on a global level like when you see what's going on in the world and you're just like really guys like am I just taking this one for the team like because I, I can't <laughs> like yeah or even just what you take off the map for yourself yeah maybe not necessarily for your students because there's probably a lot that you offer gosh there's so much and I was thinking about this the other day you know because I was teaching on retreat and there was someone there who had not ever sort of wasn't aware that there was this whole side to yoga all this philosophy and as I started sort of talking through bits of it it made me realise how much of it is under my skin now and it's just my day-to-day life. And that's lovely. And I really don't mean that in a smug way. I just mean that, like, this stuff lands and it works and I think it's kept me happy and it's kept me... It keeps me hopeful. It gives me faith. Something that has landed for me over the last six months or so is that all of this with yoga, like, you can choose what you want and have your coping mechanisms. And I see it all as that. I really do. Like, I think you can have 
if you want to a real what might be called like a blind faith in this stuff like like any set of ideas for life which is what yoga gives us um and many religions give us that kind of thing like or if you you know all sorts of like you have a philosophy um and what i think i take from yoga is the the space it gives you to create what you want because you have all of these different kind of pieces of advice that some of them completely like play off each other some of them are completely contrasting and so in yoga for me there's always that space of like just take what you need and it's going to change and just keep keep re-establishing your coping mechanisms like what you need at that stage in your life but most of all be kind like and just appreciate that everyone else is doing the same or they have the opportunity to and if you can give them that opportunity to and say hey look you can have your coping mechanisms but I'll have mine they might not be the same um but we'll both be happier hopefully in this crazy world like what the hell is going on we do not know and not even just like what the hell is going on right now because that's fucked but like where are we what are we doing what are we here for like no one knows just like apparently like spinning in space do we even know that so like we need some coping mechanisms right (laughs) everyone's gotta have something (laughs) so just let people have them but I think for me the only time where that like caves a bit for me and where I'm where I'm a bit like yoga come on help something like is when when people burn up the Amazon rainforest as is happening right now, or like when people like Trump get into power and you're just like, really, really, do we need this? Do I have to have faith in this? Can we wait this one out? I don't know. Like, can we do anything? Like, <laughs> um, yeah. And then, and then sometimes then it just doesn't kind of, the sort of Ishvana Pranatana, like surrender to the divine. I'm like, where is the divine? But we, I think we just have to keep finding it in each other and in ourselves mm. and being like, no, it is there. It is there. There is light. And, and find it in the things closer to us and keep working on that, uh, on that, on that closeness mm. because we, it, it can seem completely unattainable on a global level when we, when, we, when we look outside. And in a way, like, we have, you know, we have that perspective of life globally that people didn't have, you know, last century, century before last. And that is pretty damaging for our mental health but at the same time maybe it does put us in a position of like now is our time to like yes have faith because we are in an era that we've never known before and that actually we will come around and these mm-hmm. things will serve and again i just think that's why yoga is is so prevalent right now and to notice the the small winds the small lights yeah small bits of happiness that aren't grand world gestures but yeah, just like the quiet, yummy moments. Yeah, totally. And be close to the people around you. And like, just be really close to the people who are right next to you. And and not be so obsessed with uh, the global picture that we're missing that. Because that's depressing, right? Because we can see the light in the people around us. Because mm-hmm. there's a reason they're around us and we're around them, I think. I do believe in that. Um, but when we look on a global scale, it can be really disheartening sometimes amazing as well so it's just yeah I don't know if that really answered the question I feel like I really it was, went off on it there. was grand but it was beautiful thanks yeah. <laughs> well done yoga oh, shout out to yoga <laughs> shout out to yoga <laughs> <laughs> so you're always off jet setting I know you ret- cook are you cook <laughs> you I know cook. you do a lot of retreats abroad because I cook on them yeah, yeah. we were thinking about how you cope with being away teaching so much and then coming back and like reintegrating into London life because retreat life is so far removed 
from London. Mm. You know, it's a completely different pace. Um, and so we wanted to know what special ways you have of transitioning back <laughs> into your London life. Oh my gosh. Maybe I should write this down as well because I can like <laughs> just re-listen to this. Over yeah. Because <laughs> I have just done this and I do notice, especially if I'm away for more than a couple of weeks and, and also, yeah, if I'm in places where it's very like natural setting and I'm away from technology and away from like the frequencies of city life. Um, I feel it massively. I feel it massively in my body. I often, so it's actually one of those things, it's, it's something that has really served me. So I often like the day after getting back to London from being away, I will wake up with what feels like intense anxiety. Like there's it it a vibration in my body. I feel this kind of uh, like a loneliness and a detachment and a displacement from where I am and almost kind of a displaced from my body. Um, I sometimes wake up like really, really early, like three in the morning, whether I'm like on a different time zone or not. Like I just came back from Portugal. There's no, there's no time zone change. I still woke up at like four in the morning, the first morning I was back and just this intense anxiety and it hits me like, and it's amazing because a, I'm, I'm, it's worrying that the, the frequency is so different. And sometimes I think I don't want to get back onto this, like, crazy vibration of the city because what is that doing to our nervous systems in the long run because it's definitely a pace like it's definitely a step up from like being in nature and you feel this like friction like is that the word I want it's like it's frenetic you know it's 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 frantic it's yeah but it does make me thankful that I'm aware makes me thankful that I have that sensitivity whereas sometimes I wish I didn't <laughs> but I think you can't avoid it when you start doing these practices you get more sensitive and I've always been pretty sensitive to everything since I was a kid I've always just been archaic so sensitive and I used to hate that actually I really used to hate it but it's something I've come to really celebrate because I think through that I've learned to sort of trust my intuitions a bit more about people and about situations about whatever um so okay to actually answer your question what do I do I ground a lot and that's such a word that gets overused I lie down a lot literally just I lie down a lot like um for I always make sure I have a couple of days coming back so I came back from Portugal I've been away almost a month and I made sure I had a whole weekend where I could just stay close to home and like do things that made me feel at home so like you know get some food shopping done like do practices that like are making me sensitive to my body so do my yoga practice do some singing and do some like practices that make me really aware of my energies in my home or like around home in the frequency that I'm now in. Um, I eat my root vegetables with mm-hmm. grounding food. I really do. I do believe in that. Like there's a lot of um, Ayurvedic and Chinese medicine around that. That sort of, I do find that helps. I, um, as soon as I can, I'll get back onto this time zone and just like straight away. I'll either like just not sleep for a while or sleep as much as I can get back into those meal patterns um yeah definitely like just doing practices that make me aware and I just remember that it's going to pass and that has always and that's what's been amazing it's served me because when anxiety does come from situations in life rather than this change of pace of life you know when whether it's work or whatever relationships and and I get anxious I know now it will pass and I have these same mechanisms just to get more sleep acknowledging that this change of pace of whatever 
is something that my body is dealing with. Just like if I had a big meal and my body needed to digest it, I need to rest through that so my system can deal with it. So I need more rest and I need to take things slowly and I need to be aware and just accepting that and being like, if I do those things, I'm going to be able to swallow all of this. I'm going to be able to digest all of this. It will change. Um, and I wish I'd known that when I was like having panic attacks age 18 or 21 or whatever, like, because that is the first thing when you're in those situations or when you're in a phase of anxiety, you just think it's going to last forever because you can't really see what I always used to. Um, and it never does. It never does. Nothing does. Eh? Um, and I think we can be very hard on ourselves when we are acknowledging that we need rest acknowledging that we just slow down but then we see other people doing all these other things totally fast-paced all these goals achieving things yeah. and you think oh my god i need to be doing that totally 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 and something i try and remember all the time is like especially with social media that you go on of course you are going to see lots of people doing lots of things there are lots of people in the world doing lots of things or lots of things to do in the world you know and the ones who aren't doing things are not posting at that moment the ones who are doing things are posting and we all know a lot of people so it's like i, I read something the other day that was beautiful it was just like actually can i read it to you mm, please it do thing. it's a really nice quote um okay here we go yeah it's always possible if you want to torment yourself to find someone to compare yourself with unfavorably like mm -hmm. that's it isn't yeah. it that sums it up i was just like oh yeah <laughs> mm -hmm. like if that's what you are going out there to do and to make yourself crazy like you can totally do it <laughs> like, go ahead you can also choose not to it's the flip side of that or you can flip it around if there's someone who's always going to be better off than you there's probably also going to be someone who's worse off than you totally not totally. that you should compare yourself to people worse off than you to make yourself feel better. But like, if you're feeling quite shit, then a little reminder of that's not yeah. going to hurt. Yeah, 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 exactly. Exactly perspective, isn't okay. it? We're going to move on to Go ahead. healthy habit. Oh my gosh. Which is um, your tool mm. that you use. I mean, you've, you've spoken about it a lot already. Yeah. So it's probably no surprise <laughs> that you gave us singing Yay. Yes. how did you find it <laughs> lovely yeah. so Kate asked us to sing every day or like as much as possible right mm. and actually at first I found it quite hard mm. I was used to sing quite a lot grew up singing um in was in musical theatre world and that was quite a big part of my life and then I kind of stopped singing throughout my teenage years just because I went to school and it wasn't the cool thing to do and I stopped with acting for a while and yeah like a big chunk of me was sort of like missing and then I went to university and got back into musical theatre and got back into singing and I'd just broken up with um my boyfriend and I'm like this is a long-winded description but I'd broken up with my boyfriend and suddenly felt like oh my gosh I can be this whole new person again and got back in singing absolutely loved it fell back in love with it was like hell yeah this is me this is where I want to be and then after uni and moved back to London I just stopped singing again mm. so when you gave us the invitation to sing I thought well now I have reason to and I don't really I never really sing I used to sing in the shower every day and I think now living where I do in East London, I'm always wary that people can hear me. So that stopped me. 
and I just don't I'm not around many people that sing my brothers both sing absolutely incredible singers both of them one's a musician one's an actor singer and they are they kind of like adopted the role of singers in the family so I kind of took a back seat anyway I loved it (laughs) but I didn't really know what to sing I just went back to like what I used to sing and you uh, you sort of gave us the invitation to just connect with any notes that came out which that was quite hard because I, mm. I didn't really know what notes would come out <laughs> just some wailing perfect but um I also want, just want to add that um an om mm. to close a yoga practice is my one of my most favorite things in the world yeah <laughs> yeah it's so good no it and feels it, great it feels so good and it is that vibration mm. that runs through you that's just makes you feel really alive and really zingy and yeah potent I hadn't thought of that in terms of singing but you're right yeah I could get really nerdy on that like there's a lot of science behind like why it all makes us feel you know, like do you like the way I said science there yes yeah. science. 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 sexy science <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why that's, that came out like that but there you go um on yeah why it makes us feel so good like all the hormones it releases really yeah Okay, I'll get a little bit. So, well, basically, it's like our happy hormones, like our dopamine, like relaxing, serotonin keeps us happy. Oxytocin, which are bonding hormones, Mm -hmm. they are all relaxed when we, all released when we sing. Also, it's good for our immune systems. I always forget (laughs) nitric oxide, not nitrous oxide. (laughs) (laughs) Nitric oxide, yeah, is released when we sing, Um, and that is really good for our immune system. And so many other things. Oh, it's just brilliant. It's just it is just it's yoga you know in the same way that yoga does because of the breathing and that kind of thing but sound there's something so so special about sound Mm. and all of the different things we can do with our voices but we never do them we stay in one place right we stay around our like the same range as our speaking voice Mm. and then like what happens when you go higher and lower and like there's a lot of different vibrations that shift us in different ways just like a vibration and sound would move water we're made of water and all of our cells are shifted by these vibrations, these frequencies of sound. And so if we're creating them ourselves and they're in our bodies, like, it makes sense, no? Yeah. It's just like moving our bodies. It shifts yeah. stuff. My the actual, actually, my favourite part of my whole uh, yoga teacher training was when we sat with Kirtan. Hmm. Kirtan is the instrument, right? Or No, the harmonium. Or yeah. yeah. Kirtan is like the singing practice. Okay, right. Yeah. So when we, yeah, did Kirtan and I think we probably did it for about two hours. Yeah. And you just like lose yourself oh in it. Oh my God. I had my eyes closed the whole time. I had tears streaming down my yeah. face. Playing, clapping. Yeah. <laughs> was harmonizing away. as it never possible. So good. Oh my gosh. Incredible. Yeah. So I've always loved singing. I'm not particularly good at it. I'm not awful, but like at school when I was like 13 in the carol concerts and stuff, they would make me sing with like the three boys whose voices had broken because I couldn't sing high enough to sing with Aww. the girls. So all the girls would sing and I'd be with the boys going like, ding dong, ding dong. <laughs> with like the two boys that have chest hair. Um, <laughs> but I've always loved it. And like, I don't care that I'm not great at it. I like I have the, my, me and one of my best friends, Soph, like our favourite thing is being on long car journeys together and just like belting it out. And yes. she will forgive me for saying she's not the world's best singer either, but it brings us so much joy. This is it, yes. Like I've been to a few Kirtans at Tri Yoga, love it. 
And I think it's amazing the effect that music can have on your mood. Like even this morning I was feeling quite anxious. So I put my headphones in on my way to Sarah's, put on a really happy playlist. And like it it just has such a transformational effect, mm. transformational effect on you. Mm. Um, so I really enjoyed it. And yeah, like I try and sing in the shower. If I'm home alone, I'll sing a lot, probably less so if my boyfriend's there. Yeah. <laughs> so it doesn't drive him mad. Um, <laughs> but I love it. And I can completely see how that is such a positive habit to build into your daily life. Mm. I feel like I had something else to say on it. Oh, like church, not religious. Don't enjoy going to church. Love singing hymns. Totally. Love singing yeah, hymns. Christmas carols especially. Yeah. yeah. That is such a lovely thing, isn't it? Have yeah. a mulled wine, yeah. sing with your friends. Dreamy. Yeah, but we've lost a lot of these opportunities, no? Like, I read this thing, actually, that, like, you know, at school, I don't know about you guys, but at school we always sang songs in assembly mm-hmm. whether it was like we'd go to chapel and sing hymns or something or like or we just sing songs in assembly when we were kids and then they're not doing that as much anymore mm. in schools or at all and I really think that's a shame a big shame and again like people aren't really going to church I mean sure people are going to church but I'd say our generation not so much as our parents generation maybe or the generation before that um so you're not singing then there aren't and okay if you're in the like yoga community you might go to a kirtan um, I do enjoy a kirtan, but I also think it can be really, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, if you're not in that zone, you're not into, if you don't want to sing Sanskrit, and there are so many ways why, reasons why it's good to sing Sanskrit, like, that's someone else's expertise, but like, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, it's, um, it's a bit excluding, it's a bit mm-hmm. exclusive, and it can feel a bit um, daunting for people, like, why would they do that? It can feel a bit like, oh, weird. I just, but it's so important that we sing. Like, it's, honestly, I feel like it's a birthright. We move and we make noise from the moment we're born. Before we, like, before we speak words, we wail. So why do we stop doing that? It's Mm. obviously something we naturally need to do. Yeah. And then, yet, as we grow up, we're told to, like, sit still and shut up. And, okay, there's a time and place for that, too. Like, yay, meditation. But also, like, (laughs) um, just, yeah, we need to make noise. I think it's a mass, it's an incredible release. I honestly don't know what I'd do without it. Um, If if anyone, anyone is listening. Anyone. 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 And then you live somewhere you can cycle. Please, like, get a bike and sing on your bike. That is what I do every single morning. And people don't care. Or, like, by the time I'm gone past they don't even realize who that was you know they might hear it they might turn ahead but like who cares I've had brilliant conversations with people at the traffic lights like the other day I was at the traffic lights actually and I was singing baby love baby and this guy like circled it next to me and then just started like dancing so I gave him an earphone and then we're at the traffic lights like both bopping along to the like to the um who's Diana Ross and the Supremes that's adorable and then then our, our our route took us down the road together, so we like went. To, we were like, "Oh, this is great!" Like, "Oh, no, 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 you're singing where you go," and just had a little chat. And he was going to do a photo shoot, and I was going to teach. It was really nice. Just like, "Oh, have a nice day." Sing, talk to strangers on your bike. Nice Kate ones. Lister bringing joy to London <laughs> and to me this evening. I yes. love that story. Oh my gosh! Oh, guys, yeah, do it. No, that, I mean, people should talk to strangers more as well. I mean, the you know, we'll be careful. Yeah, gosh, I mean, we need more communication. If that means singing at the traffic lights, just have that, like, smile at a stranger and have that chat, sing with a stranger, like, have a little dance on your bike. Fuck, we need that, no? Like, life is hard enough without it. Yeah. You're great. (laughs) 
Words of wisdom <laughs> from Miss Kate Lister this evening. Yeah. Kate, you've been an absolute dream. You're Thank dream. you so much for coming, my love. Thank you. Can you tell me. us where we can find you, keep track of you, <laughs> listen to you, practice with you? Look at pictures of you doing <laughs> yoga. <laughs> Miss Kate Lister. M-I-S-S-K-A-T-E-L-I-S-T-E-R. Miss Kate Lister on Instagram. That's my website as well. Um, I I post a lot of random crap. Like, I'm not very good at keeping it on brand. <laughs> Don't have a brand. So, um, but I do post my schedules on them and all of my um, retreat details, um, my random thoughts about life, the universe and everything. And oh, voice coach. And voice coaching voice coach. from home in Dalston. So, yeah. And so I, if anyone wants to get in touch with that, singing please do yeah kate at misskatelister.com just yeah drop me an email or if you're interested in any of this stuff i love to chat about it i really do i'm really really impassioned and at the moment my, my project is to get more people singing and i'm in the process of setting up some like donation based um groups for just getting together and singing not like a choir where you have to learn particular songs uh, or, or be able to read music, just getting people together to sing together and have a laugh with it and make some noise and have a little release with it and just have some fun. So that is uh, so stay tuned. Amazing. When That's can I coming. sign up for that? Oh, yes. soon, please. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah, keep you updated. And just a couple of months till Christmas, if anybody wants to come Christmas caroling with Sarah, Kate, <laughs> yes, and I, please. we will announce on Instagram where we're going to go and yeah. eat mince pies and sing non religious hymns together. Yeah. Yes. Thank you so much, babe. Thank you so much. That was lush. Oh, Serena. I actually think I'm in love with Kate. Me too. Isn't she fab? She's just wonderful. And I've actually been singing loads since we recorded with her, just around the house and stuff. It's been lovely. And I've even been even more inspired to lead OMS at the end of my classes, which has been lovely. That is lovely. Mm. Thank you so much, Kate. We hope you guys enjoyed listening. Please take a second to rate, review and subscribe if you haven't already. And we're going to pop mine, Sarah's and Kate's details below in the show notes. So if you want to find out a little bit more about any of us, then you can find those there. Make sure you're following us on Instagram at Kitchen Club Podcast. And thanks for listening. Hopefully we'll see you here again soon.